Cinnabuds, Cinnabuds, two buddies talking about cinema. This is Cinnabuds. I'm 889's Justin Barney. I'm Milwaukee Films' Christopher Pollard. And today we are talking about K. Polly's favorite comedies of the 2010s. At the end of last year? Yeah. You made a list, you published it on milwaukeefilm.org of 20 of your favorite comedies of the 2010s. Yeah, I was excited. I love doing the end of year lists. Every year I get really excited. I take it very seriously. And then imagine how excited I was when someone reminded me an entire decade had gone by. (laughs) How are you confident that you didn't miss any? How do do you encompass the... You're not. (laughs) No, not at all. First of all, <laughs> confidence and I are not friends. Um, no, I'm sure there, it's interesting because going through and there's like, oh, I haven't seen that yet. There's a ton that I obviously haven't seen, um, but I feel pretty good about my list because I feel like there's going to be some that are obvious. And if either they're not my cup of tea or they're something I kind of for some reason missed, this is just my personal favorites let's start off number 20 is the death of stalin yes directed by armando Iannucci, which is a great name to say out loud oh yeah i feel like this is such a sleeper it was like it was such a good movie that i feel like you know we saw it in theaters it was there for like a week yeah and then it's gone. Yeah, and it's it's an really impressive and really stylish co- comedy. It's, it's first of all, it's a comedy about the murder of Joseph Stalin. Hilarious, right. <laughs> a classically hilarious scenario. And but it's played by actors from very different, like American and British actors, mostly using their actual anyway, at their vo- their accents and everything. And so it it. It's it's already has this kind of sense of uh, of the fantastic. It's really good. Yes, uh, number nineteen, maybe my favorite on this initial oh, yeah. ten, Swiss Army Man. Oh yeah, by the Paul Dano. Yeah, Paul Dano and uh, uh, Harry Potter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that one I saw. I, I I like if anytime I get to reference the fact that I did once go to Sundance, I I try to. So I got to see this. <laughs> I did get to see this at Sundance. The Swiss Army Man was absolutely incredible. I love that movie so much. It was so weird. Yeah. Okay, number 18. Chevalier. It's one of the Greek weird wave movies. Uh, so along with Yorgos Lanthimos, who did Lobster and uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer, uh, this movie is from a, a Greek director who has this just odd elements to them. There's a whole batch of them, which is great. But it's about a bunch of men on a boat playing a game to decide who amongst them is the best one. Greek weird wave? I know. I, I want to get on that bandwagon. Yeah, that How phrase heard of that? that phrase is incredibly appealing to me. So when I <laughs> 17 ideal home. It's a very kind of straightforward, uh, quirky uh, little comedy uh, with uh, Paul Rudd and Steve Coogan. Um, but it's really adorable, really sweet. I liked it a lot. 16, the other guys, maybe, maybe one of the bigger yeah. movies that you've got on here. I don't know this one's a, pr- a, a pretty straightforward, <laughs> big, broad comedy. I genuinely find it hilarious. I've watched it like five times. I, I, it's just a solid, hilarious movie. And I'm, I'm proud to put, put it on my list. Number 15, Diamantino, a very, uh, divisive movie when we showed it. And I'm, I love those. It's sort of a satire of kind of social stuff that's going on in, I believe it's Portugal. Um, But it's about a very dumb, huge soccer star that kind of loses his heat. 
Number 14, the brand new Testament. Oh. It seems to be there's a gorilla is a character in this yeah. movie. Catherine Deneuve marries a, a, a gorilla in it. And that is a subplot. So <laughs> 13 sightseers. That is by um, Ben Wheatley, who does typically really dark movies. But when he does a comedy, it's also dark, but uh, really, really fascinating. This one's hilarious. 12 the trip steve coogan making another appearance yeah another steve coogan michael winterbottom and steve coogan are like joined at the hip they make tons of movies together and these trip movies i like all three of them there's a fourth coming out and usually when you like really just dig into these uh series they get worse no they're just they're similar but they're so pleasant i could watch them over and over again and then we've talked about this movie number 11 yeah lies of the fox fairy uh yeah it's uh it's like amelie uh, if it was made in Eastern Europe. We're going to run down numbers 10 through number one when we get back. Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and Milwaukee. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out your donor benefits and the thank you gifts to show off your 88.9 pride. And we're back. We're back, we're back, we're back. Uh, Christopher, why do you want to pick your favorite comedies to do? I will answer your question. But before I do, I've got to tell you this. Um, I have newly acquired three animals in my house. <laughs> I can hear them. I know. And I, <laughs> I just hear like a, a dog just yeah, you know, like, being a, a dog. And then I could hear a cat in the background. Yeah, there are, I've got two cats and a dog. I previously had zero and a fish. I'm sorry. I keep forgetting. I also have a fish now. Uh, wow. <laughs> previously had wow. zero pets. Sees Dr. Doolittle once. Yeah. You know? I, <laughs> that is uh, not a coincidence. <laughs> uh, Dr. Doolittle is very uh, impressive to me. But yeah, so you're gonna hear some uh, you're gonna hear some squeaky toys, and just uh, let it, what I say, let it wash over you. <laughs> okay. This is real life, people. Um, All right, now what was your I, question? <laughs> um, I really, I really like your brand of comedy. I feel like it's on with like my brand of comedy, yeah. which is like. Let's just see something that we have never seen before. Yeah, I like. I definitely like to find the ones that are kind of out of the way that you're not going to be bombarded with ads about. Now, having said that, there, we've already covered a couple that are bigger movies and big, broader appeal. I don't dislike those at all. I like them a lot. Anchorman is brilliant. Uh, when yeah, Anchorman yeah. came out, I thought, how did this get made? Because um, it's so <laughs> right. strange for such a big comedy. Um, but I do love finding those out of the way ones. Comedy has so many different styles and subtleties or, you know, quite the opposite, not subtle at all. Just big butt humor as, um, somebody recently coined and, <laughs> and I am, um, I like all of it, but I do like really, I get more excited about the ones that I've never heard of because, you know, it's a surprise. Yeah. One movie that I saw where I was like, I have never seen anything like this and it strikes me in such a way is number 10 on your list. Oh yeah. 2014's Frank. Oh yeah. Frank by Lenny Abramson who did uh, the room or not the room, just room with uh, Brie Larson, extremely different film. Um, But yeah, Frank, Michael, uh, Michael Fassbender spends the entire film in a giant fake 
puppety looking head, which the entire film. Yeah, I think he, there's a moment where you see him, but it's impressive uh, choice for an actor to a handsome actor to put his head inside of a puppet the whole, the whole time. Yeah, I love this because like my world is music, you know. Oh yeah, and, it's a great there, and there's a lot of like you know process questions and the artistic journey. Right. And I felt like I felt like Frank was. Uh, just like what you imagine artists to be, which is just, and, <laughs> and what I think like artists at their best are is like, I am choosing to be weird. I'm, I'm in my own world and you guys can adapt to what I'm doing. Totally. Yeah. And that is what Frank was. Yeah. All right. Number nine. I'm so glad that you picked this movie. I remember seeing this movie in the booklet for movies that was, that were playing at the film festival and I was immediate. I was like, "That's a Justin movie." Yeah, we're gonna go see that. <laughs> yeah, "Death by Death" uh, by Xavier Saron. It's a Belgium Belgian slash French movie. It's black and white, and it's about a man who has this sort of uh, his he has a special relationship with his mother. His mother passes away, so already hilarious. Um, and then he get he, from breast cancer, and then he starts to get paranoid that he might have breast cancer. Um, for no for no good reason really so it's it's mostly a film about a hypochondriac um but the way it's played out so artistically it's visually um very incredible um there's a slow mo slow motion dance sequence that i laugh so hard at but it's it's a beautiful movie if it wasn't a comedy it would still be good but there's the fact so that they added that they're not yeah. added it but the fact that it is one it's it's impressive you don't see something like that very often and it's funny because of like the space that the movie allows in like a movie about death like it it could be it could like the comedy could not be there if like this guy like had a lot to do and like had a busy life and was like doing all these things and then also had to deal with the like dying of his mother but he really doesn't yeah you know it's kind of the only thing that he has to process yeah and very good. Um, death by Death, uh, 2016. So good. Uh, it's hard to find, too. So, I mean, dig around and hopefully it will become available, but it's kind of a hard to find film. Okay. And then number eight and number seven, kind of a two for one here. When I was reading this list, I was like, K Polly must have written this pretty close after we saw Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. Um, because number eight is what we do in the shadows, uh, a Taika Watiti joint. Yep. And number and, uh, seven is Jojo Rabbit. Right. Another so, YTT. Right. Uh, so what do you like about Taika Waititi? I mean, I'm so, ex- is, so these are two Taika Waititi's back to back. Yeah. I'm, honestly, I could have put two more in there. Um, he, I'm really excited about him. Um, he's made these two movies. He did a great movie called Hunt for the Wilder People, which I also could have put in there. Um, yeah. And he is. He's OK. No, I was going to say. And he made. The only genuinely funny Marvel movie he made Thor, uh, a, a Marvel character who's typically Ragnarok. not hilarious, but he made Thor Ragnarok, which is really is a comedy first and foremost. Yeah, that's what I that's what I was gonna get at too. Is like if you know Taika Waititi, he it's from Thor Ragnarok. He right. plays like The Rock, um, and uh, he just took that series. And was like, let's make this funny. And it was like the best, one of the best decisions that they have made in yeah. the like Marvel universe was to be like, hey, we have so much going on. 
we can't just have every single movie be like heroes bashing buildings and then beating a bad guy. Yeah. Let's have a let's have a weird funny one. It's so weird and funny. Uh, and they have two Willy Wonka references in Thor Ragnarok, which immediately oh. put me on the right side of that movie. But oh, what we do in that. the shadows, if you've not seen that, it is a, such a solid A plus comedy. And then there's I have a, not seen that. oh my god, what we do in the shadows is, is top notch. It's like a it's like um waiting for Guffman, but about vampires. It's like a it's like a, a mockumentary about vampire roommates. Uh, so it's all these tropes about having roommates, but they're vampires. Love and it sparked a TV series, which is is honestly just as good. So, wow. which is a very impressive is feat. In it? He, he pops up in it. He guest stars in it. So it's. Uh, I feel like, I feel like, like he's a great director, but he is just such a great actor. You know, just like is, the yeah. way that he delivers lines is just so deadpan yeah it, it is it, it is just like such a pleasure to watch he's also got a perfect voice for it his voice yeah is uh just really lends itself well to yeah, all that yeah 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 okay number six i know you want to talk about this one. oh i do want to talk a little about this one because this is a really divisive movie it's called lemon and yeah. it's uh by janixa bravo starring brett gelman uh michael Sarah is in it uh, yeah. Um, oh, I'm blanking on the names of a bunch of people, but there's a lot of great actors in it. A lot of great comedic actors and like some throwback, uh, just some like actors like, why are you in this? Um, the gist of it is it's this kind of awful guy who's circling the drain, I think is how it was, um, described. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he, he wants to be an actor. He's really awkward he's obsessed with people and then he becomes disgusted by people very quickly, but it's this cact the the tone of it is a little, just a little bit absurd. The way it's filmed is really impressive because there's moments where an actor is talking and they cut like halfway through the line, which it makes that hilarious because it, it it's does. like, we don't really care about what you're going to say. So let's move on. <laughs> um, it's dark. Funny it, editing. Yeah, it is. Um, and it's, um, you don't normally see that beat. Yeah. And when you do, well, first of all, you shouldn't notice it, I guess, sometimes. But when you do, it's it's still impressive. You're like, oh, that was well done. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a dark, a darker movie. Uh, and it's a little bit absurd. But I will say that I would say two-thirds of the people that I recommended this to have hated it. Wow. The only reason I bring that up is because I find it kind of fascinating. Because there's like a third of the people like, oh, so funny and they're really weird and uh, all these actors are really good. And then two-thirds of people are like, why did you make me watch that movie? It was awful. <laughs> I get it. Like the character – not many of the characters are very redeemable. And so it's kind of – it's one of those that it's – is it unpleasant to watch? Maybe a little bit because people are saying and doing terrible things. But it's also just really well done and hilarious. That is – Lemon. And yeah. I don't think that that movie is too far removed from number five. Um, Let's see. I, no, is... I, no, I think it might be. Okay. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, only because Brigsby Bear is is kind of pleasant. It's kind of sweet. The other one's not sweet. Brigsby Bear has a definite uh, current of sweetness in it. But though right, I would so... say stylistically, it might be a little similar just because there's some strange, these kind of absurd scenarios. And I, I think I say that because I think that both of them are like kind of like lofted on their like 
weird comic actors. Oh, you know, okay. Like, yeah, I get that. Rigsby Bear is like held up by Kyle Mooney. Right. You know, it is Rigsby Bear just is Kyle Mooney just being the mooniest. That's you know? true. And I would say both of them, usually in a comedy, the main actor is sort of the straight man or has kind of a one note comedic element. Right. But the, in those two movies, both they're definite characters, like full characters that you are following. So yeah, that connection is there too. But Brigsby Bear is a strange movie, a great concept about this kid who's been kept by his parents in a bunker and told that the world outside was over. So he knows nothing of the outside world. And then one day he's quote unquote rescued. And now he has to deal with what reality is. And all he knows of reality is this TV show that his parents made (laughs) for him. There was a kid's show called Brigsby Bear. And that becomes his obsession. That is. It's such a quirky and surprisingly good movie. Like as I kept looking at it, I'm like, is that really one of my favorites? And I, and I, clearly is i i just think that one of the things that kind of like ties a bunch of these is just letting a comic actor just like be the lead yeah you know where so much of of movies are like when the the comedy is just kind of like in the back or on the side and just like letting kyle mooney be serious and also funny yeah I feel like all the best ones too, all the best movies, all these kind of interesting uh, hidden gems. I feel like I can hear somebody saying, what if we did this? And then everyone going, no, you can't. (laughs) And then everyone going, no, you can't do that. No one would, no one would do that. That'd be funny, but no. And then them just doing it. Um, That's what I, I could absolutely see that about most of these movies. I could definitely see that about number four on the list which is sorry to oh, bother. Oh yeah, exactly. Sorry to bother you, Boots Riley, 2018. Um, uh, we've we've talked about this movie a bunch. Yeah. But uh, same thing, where it's just like at every corner. Yeah, I mean, just to start out with, it's a comedy about telemarketers. Okay. <laughs> right. Red light. Red light. That's what I was. <laughs> and then, right. oh no, they're going to be horse people later. I'm like, okay, tell me more. <laughs> right. I, now I'm back. I'm back interested. <laughs> Right. What if we did this right. over and over and over and over again? And, and I'd be like, no, you just did these things. Why is that's enough? Nope. We got to have a horse people. Right. Okay. Uh, um, we're on to the top three. Oh, yeah. Number three. Number three is The Lobster by Yorgos Lanthimos. It's yeah. one of the most artfully <laughs> crafted comedies I've ever seen. And some people would argue the comedy part of that. <laughs> yeah. I, I like when I saw it in here too, I was like, it's, it is, it's a move to, to include it as a comedy. The Here's the weird thing is what I always say about the lobster. Again, I'm going to brag about going to Sundance. Uh, <laughs> I, yes. I saw this at Sundance. Wait, 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 wait. You went to Sundance? I did. You know what I did? Let me tell you a hundred things about it. <laughs> um, I saw it at Sundance with a packed house the entire audience cracked up throughout the whole thing. I mean, it's not a Will Ferrell movie. It's dark and it's a little, it's not really slow. Actually it's well-paced, but the, a lot of the actors are real deadpan. So it's not yeah. the typical kind of vibe for comedy, but the, the, the situations are bizarre and hilarious. Um, John C. Riley is in it and he's not doing his typical thing, but he's very funny. 
there's a few key scenes that I could definitely say like, that's clearly a joke. Like they're not, it's not a joke movie, (laughs) but it's not a movie about jokes, but there's one like that is, that's a joke. But, and then I saw it at the uh, Oriental theater when it came and it was a a smaller crowd, but (laughs) complete silence. Complete. I saw it. I saw it at the Oriental in complete silence. Yeah. Yeah. But I do, I mean, I've read about it. It is intended as a comedy and I I definitely, and I thought it was funny too. Yeah. You know, I, I think that that seeing it in a theater where people were laughing, I think would be so much more enjoyable because I did see it in dead silence. And I came out of that being like that it being thinking that it was like posed as a serious movie, but thinking that it was right. really funny. And I, it always depends on the crowd. There's always, especially if it's not a lot of people, everyone is so uh, hesitant yeah. to laugh out loud to be the first one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's, you know what it was, but his movies, um, he's, his movies are very impressive. Honestly, killing of a sacred deer his the movie that came out after that was also technically posed as a comedy. And I saw much less funny about that movie. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. Though. It's a great I, movie, but I, I was like, that, that one was even harder to pin as a comedy. Yeah, I think uh, the thing I'm taking away from this is that I need to look into Greek Weird Wave. Let me quickly say about Greek Weird Wave. When I first heard the phrase, I started Googling, and I only found the two directors, Yorgos Lanthimos and Athena Sangari, um Athena Rachel Sangari, who did Chevalier, which I talked about. Those are the only two. But since then, a list has come out that I've found that had more on it. I will say that those two directors are definitely like the the stars of that that yeah. movement, I would say. But the it, leaders of Greek weird way. Exactly. <laughs> and the other ones are harder to find, but I'm keeping them on my list. I, I managed to find one or two, but um, those two are definitely the exemplars of that. Um, let's go on to number two. Oh, Men and Chicken. Yeah, Men and Chicken. It's got Moss Mickelson in it, uh, who everyone knows from Hannibal, the movie, the TV show Hannibal. And I don't know what else do you know Moss Mickelson from? I never saw Hannibal, so I don't know him. Okay, he's you'd recognize his face. He was a Bond villain uh, at one point too. He's got a very okay. distinct face. Uh, he's Danish, I think Danish. If you're from Denmark, what are you? Dutch or Danish? Danish. All right, let's go with that. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But it is, he's this very serious uh, kind of dead-eyed actor on occasion. Like that's his his typical role, I would say. Looks dangerous. But he genuinely plays almost like a Kramer from Seinfeld in this. He's just big and very physical and silly, which is so interesting to see from him. But essentially it's about uh, this kind of loser inappropriate loser kind of guy who discovers he has more family, has a bunch of brothers and uh, he wants to know more about them and their father. And uh, he discovers this very, very strange lifestyle that they're all leading in this big house full of chickens and, and uh, cows and uh, all all other sorts of surprises in it. It's very, um, it's like, it's got elements of three stooges. There's like physical comedy, but it's also, almost, yeah. there's a little bit of science fiction in it. And then you've got the just straightforward, dark Danish comedy. You know, when you had it on the list, I thought, um, one, a, a difficult thing about comedies, uh, is, is translation. And it can be really difficult to 
like understand right. uh, a comedy that's in a different language because language is so much the beats of comedy because comedy is about timing and delivery. You know, like those are the sure. two most important things. And if you don't hear that necessarily from the mouth, that can be it can be it can just not hit the way it's supposed to hit. Right. And then I watched the trailer for this and I was like, the one way that it can hit is if there's a lot of physical comedy yeah. because that, that transcends language, yeah. you know, and, it, and it's just funny. And it looked like this had a lot of physical comedy. It does. And their, their expression, like the actors expressing themselves. So when you match what they're saying with their, their face and their body uh, language, it definitely translates easily uh to an american audience um and like the the it's very well written so it's like i said it's an intelligent comedy but it's also silly uh he gets just hit with a giant oil drum and falls down that is just very simple basic but it's very well done and i laughed out loud a real quick story about this i saw this at a film festival not sundance uh, <laughs> oh, he goes to other festivals. I, too. I occasionally go to. Oh, what was it? Cannes. It was probably Cannes. Um, but I saw it, and two Milwaukee film members that were there, and I was like sitting behind them, and I was like, "Oh, I talked to them afterwards," and they were cracking up. They were laughing. The whole audience was laughing. Yeah. yeah. We leave afterwards, and then I talked to them, Eva and Paul. If you're listening, this is about you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we were talking, and they're like. They were laughing when we were talking about the movie, but they kept saying, I don't know, that may have been too too weird for us, or not too weird for us, but they are like, I don't know if we really liked it. And I said, you did like it. <laughs> I refuse to accept that You're you laughing. did it because I saw you laughing during it. We're laughing talking about it now. That's the intended purpose. Done. That's just a simple right. equation. So to this day, I still tell them once in a while, you did like it whether you thought you did or not. That is funny. Yeah. Number two, men and chicken. Yeah. That leads us to the number one comedy of the 2010s. That's right. And Kate Polly, what is your number one movie? I mean, I think we'll find this as no surprise, quite anticlimactic, because obviously. What the world needs is a hero who's so top secret, we don't even know his full name. Hello, McGruber. Don't worry, this is just like Nicaragua. I got shot in Nicaragua. This is nothing like Nicaragua. My name is McGruber. Capital M. It's McGruber. McGruber stood the test of time with me. (laughs) It slipped in at 2010, by the way. First year, right out of the gate, the 2010s. (laughs) Over. Conversation (laughs) was Done. I mean, I've seen the best movie of the decade. I guess I have nine more years to just sit and wait. Um, okay, so maybe for people who have just heard you mention McGruber at nauseum yeah. and have never heard you like make the case for why, in fact, McGruber is the number one comedy, why is it okay? Why- why is it better than all these other? Sure, things? sure, sure. First, if you've never seen this movie before, sure, sure, sure. shame on you. Um, but perhaps you haven't seen it because you have parents or a family or dignity. <laughs> yeah. I can understand not watching this in front of people. It's it's a, a a movie that was based on a really average SNL sketch. Yep, which was a spoof of MacGyver. Right. About a, a, a lawman, I guess, uh, 
<laughs> who impro- right. improvises uh, with the things that are around him. And in this version of it, he's really, really bad at it. Um, but also in this version, this is this exemplifies the thing where someone says, what if we made a movie about this dumb thing and made it super filthy and ridiculous and so over the top? And they're like, yeah, this will never get made. But then it does and people love it. Totally. It's su- it's super filthy. I, I mean, I'm not going to a big red warning. It is really, <laughs> really dirty, but so, and very silly and stupid, but in a very intelligent way. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I, and also it's got, um, Will Forte and Will Forte is one of my favorite comedic actors. He's just very, very funny. Okay. Number one with, with a, a bullet. bullet. That's right. McGruber. Um, Yeah. Well, we're going to put the whole list at milwaukeefilm.org. We're also going to put it in the article for this at radiomilwaukee.org as well. So you can find the entire list and watch them all and let us know what you think. Um, Yeah, I'll watch them with you. We'll watch them. Just tell me when you're going to watch them. I'll start it at my house. You start at your house and we'll talk about it. (laughs) Perfect. What else are you watching? Um, I am watching, which will be next week's episode. Oh, I really like having like an art project, not like an art project to where I'm making art, an art project where I'm consuming art. And so I like books that are big and long and movies that are long and things that are just like difficult. It's like I just like punishing myself. And so I, I watched Midnight Cowboy and then I watched... Um, French Connection, and I was like, okay, I've watched, these were both Academy Award-winning Best Pictures of the 1970s, Um, and so I was like, well, let's just watch the rest of the 70s, and then I watched the best of the 70s, um, and I was like, okay, well, now I have to watch every single Academy Award-winning Best Picture that I've never seen, and so I've started at the beginning with 1928-29's Wings, and uh, I'm like up to... What am I? I started this like two weeks ago or last week, and I've been watching one every day. Yeah. And so I'm up to 1936's Mutiny on the Bounty, which will be tonight. This is a really fun project. I think once you're going to hit like the 90s, it might be kind of shitty. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, this is a fun uh, project. I like lists. I like ticking off a list. So uh, do I. And I like movies. Maybe I'll, I'm going to go through and at least count the ones that I've seen. It's been really cool to like see, just kind of like see how things progress. Yeah, you know, I, I'm like a decade in, and you can see things changing. You see the acting get better. You know, um, it's 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 been super interesting. See, I disagree. Only that it gets better, or that visually films get better. I just think they're of their time. I think so too. I agree. And I and I because like I would never want Willy Wonka to be made with a current actor with better technology, but and better quote unquote sets. It is good because right. it was from that era. Like I feel like it's made agree. now. I would have no attachment to it. I so, agree. Yeah. You're mincing my words. I am because the the acting gets better and the acting is objectively no no no. no. I, I just again disagree. The acting okay. <laughs> the acting is a style of that it era. Like, like you You're would right. never say Ch- Charlie Chaplin was a bad actor. Right. Yeah. Okay. He was of that time and he was a brilliant actor. They, they just do it differently now. Like realism yeah, yeah, yeah. 
actually, you know what? A great movie to watch. And I don't know if it won an Academy Award, but The Misfits, which was um, a John Huston film. It had Marilyn Monroe, Montgomery Clift, who are of that Marlon Brando generation, that new style yeah. of naturalistic acting, which they called yeah. it naturalistic at the time, but it seemed a little bit like they're all are slightly on drugs. <laughs> yes. But then they had Clark Gable in the movie, who's from that past era of the little a bit bigger a bit more like stage acting but you have yeah. them in the same film and it's really fascinating to see those two different styles start to, to try to share the same screen Clash each other yeah but it's really interesting because of that it's just a different it's just different it's just different that's yes. what i say that's what i say yeah fair <laughs> what are you um, oddly enough after talking about all that stuff now i'm going to tell you that i watched death wish the original Death Wish, 1974, with um, Charles Bronson. Oh. Yeah, it was a okay. series. It was like four or five Death Wishes, and it was essentially a, a vigilante movie. Okay. It was like one of the one of the bigger, one of the more, uh, what, do you, what do we call it, archetypes of, <laughs> of a vigilante movie. You know, they, they hurt his family, and now he's out for revenge. But it was Classic huge. At this. It was huge. I mean, they had made so many of them. And uh, I've never actually seen it. I thought, well, I get the idea of it. It's genuinely a good movie. Is it? Yeah. It's like a little stylish in parts. Uh, oh, a very young Jeff Goldblum is in it, who looks terrible, Whoa. terrible and super creepy. It's very disturbing. Uh, but yeah, it's actually really good. I feel like Charles Bronson is one of those guys where it's like, if you were at that time and they made a million of them, you yeah. know, like, you know, Charles Bronson. I remember someone being like, oh, yeah, Charles Bronson. I was like, who the hell is Charles Bronson? Yeah. You know, He's it, a- it's not it's not it hasn't like aged necessarily. It, you know, it hasn't like carried on critically. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Charles Bronson, we were talking about it. He uh, it was a beach scene. And he's on the beach. He has like this Olympian's body. Right. <laughs> and he has the right. weirdest, oldest face. <laughs> it is such a strange thing to shift from neck up to neck down for him. So he was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know enough to say if he was a sex symbol at the time, but right. he has the f- weirdest face. If you consider he's like a Hollywood star, <laughs> right. like who cast him as a leading man in anything? But, but yeah, he was like a big action kind of tough guy movie star. So it was good. It was surprisingly really good. Yeah. And looking it up just now, it looks like they, um, relaunched. Oh, it's terrible. uh, Yeah. They relaunched. Yeah. Bruce Willis is in the new ones. I haven't seen them, but from everything I've heard, they're just garbage. Yeah. So originals, man. All right. Go see Kipali's list. Again, it's at Milwaukee Film, and we're going to put it up on our website as yeah. well. Just Google K-Poly comedies of the 2010s. Yeah. Okay. Keep watching movies, you know? What else do we got to do? Just just this. <laughs> just this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cinebuds is edited by DJ Kenny Perez. Oh. We get handcrafted sonic inspiration from the licensed lab. Thank you. Our theme song was written by Brett Newski. The news. Thank you to members at 88.9 Radio Milwaukee and Milwaukee Film. Yep. You guys are the best. I hope you're doing well. And finally, we would not be here. This episode in particular would not be possible if it was not for the greatest member of all. The kind of 
kind of the leader of the members, if you think about it. I don't know who it could be. The one, yeah. the only, K. Polly. Thank you, Christopher. This was unexpected. And now we're done. Now we're done. Bye. Bye.